story. Welcome to Pilot Boys, the podcast where we review the first episode of TV shows. Today I have my lovely guests. Name yourself. My name is Karen. And today we are doing Umbrella Academy. It is the new Netflix show based on comics by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. You read the comics, is that right? A little bit? I read probably the first two or three issues, but a really long time ago when they just come out. Why did you read them? Well, if you must ask, Gerard Way is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, and I was a really big My Chemical Romance fan. Still am. Yeah. A very proud My Chemical Romance fan. Yikes. That's not a thing to be proud of. So the show was created by Steve Blackman, developed by Jeremy Slater. It stars the only real draw or actress or actor draws Ellen Page. Everyone else is kind of a new face or not that big yet. What was your first impression? What did you think? I really I really liked it. Yeah, we should say we're really excited <laughs> about this because... We watched it together and we were both pretty impressed by the, fir- by the episode. Yeah. What, right from what, the get-go. What were you impressed with the most or like what stood out to you the most? Well, we, we did... As we were watching the video, we did... I mean, the episode... We mentioned the production value. Mm-hmm. It just it feels so, like it feels so real. Yeah, it feels so lived in. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, there is kind of a, like a stylistic filter, I think, mm-hmm. but it's not too heavy. Like it's not, t- to me, the things that stood out. It, it reminded me a lot of Watchmen. Watchmen the movie, not necessarily the comic book, in that kind of, he has like this gritty filter on it. Mm-hmm. But not turned up all the way. Yeah, it's so like it's not medium like, tone, but it's not, not too like hard. Black Monday filter. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. everything looks kind of crisp, but also like there's a lived-in quality that makes yeah. it seem a little worn. Like also, anything would be if you lived with it. We also mentioned that it, rem- oh, it reminded me of Hellboy, and the like the elaborate set design or production design that Guillermo del Toro puts into all his mm-hmm. uh, movies. Like the little trinkets mm-hmm. and kind of it's just this this world that like we're getting a glimpse at, not they're creating this world for the viewer. It's almost like maniac. Yes. Like it's like there's like a sense of like retro futuristic feel. Yeah. And like those the small details. Like it feels like our world, but not. Yeah. I think so too. Um one of the other things that I noticed just because we were watching the first episode to get a little refresher the music kind of like bookends the opening scene i just i think the opening scene is so good yeah right it's like the little music like one of the main characters playing like a violin like the violin and like yeah it's like, we're just introduced to the characters in a really like they show us instead of telling us yeah. who they are so in 1989 43 women gave birth around the world even though they had not been pregnant an eccentric man offered seven families compensation for these children and raised them in his home. He called it the Umbrella Academy. Each child has a special talent, like throwing knives or teleportation. And several years later, once all the children are adults, their quote-unquote father had passed, and they're reunited in the house that they were raised in. 
and then we just kind of go from there. So, the seven children, uh, the opening scene is number seven, is that right? Vanya? Well, no, the, so there's like a pre, what, not a prelogue, preamble? Yeah. Pref- so there, like it's like the preface yes. where they explain, they give us like the background of the kids and like they set up, they set up the premise. But then the Russian scene is that what we're talking? Yeah, about? like the Russian scene and like the eccentric billionaire. Yeah, like finding the kids, right? Exactly. But then there's like that feels like it's a a preface. Yeah. Right. And so then there's like the actual opening scene where we jump forward. Yeah. So it goes from the forty-three supposed women to like now just the characters that we're gonna focus on, mm-hmm. and it opens with number seven Vanya playing the violin. As we kind of get a glimpse at like where they're at now mm-hmm. and how they're getting the news of their father mm-hmm. passing, and and we're introduced to all the characters and their numbers and their the names that they go by. Yeah. So yeah, so so you're talking about the music in that scene, and that struck you. What why was that? What was she playing? She was playing the Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. right? I just I think it was like very, it was very a very fitting song. Yeah. I want to say. I think so. Too. Like kind of somber. It's like a somber song, but it's like. Also, kind of like like Phantom of the Opera is like glam, kind of like glam rock. Mm. Also, like like the theater, like yeah. the hairspray, was the glam rock of the theater of the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it. A lot of people really love it, but they also like it's kind of campy. Yeah. So kind of like it. Like puts it's a, like theater one hundred and one kind of shit. Yeah, like it puts it sets up the tone that there's gonna be like a somber show, but there's yeah. also gonna be a little bit of like camp to it some flair yeah like a rock flair yeah. to it one of the things that struck me most on the first impression was they're setting up the mystery and they're really really taking to heart what a pilot should be mm-hmm. coming off the last episode we we saw russian doll which is also a netflix show we were racking our brains trying to figure out a netflix pilot that had been good recently and i think this show right away like they don't hold anything like they just jump into the premise they jump into this world and you get a sense of like okay i already am enthralled by what i'm seeing and it's not wasting any minute mm-hmm. do, do you see like what i mean yeah no now? i i agree i mean i agreed with you that russian doll is not a perfect <laughs> pilot but i think we were in dis we're disagreeing in the role of a pilot in the streaming era or quote unquote mm-hmm. the Netflix era. I think that it's still important. And I think this show, just by watching the first episode, thinks it's important too. Mm-hmm. So let's let's jump into some of the themes. I think right away, because based on like the subject matter, it's like a deconstruction of the X-Men or kind of like a new take on the X-Men. Mm-hmm. But it's not the X-Men as they were created in, what is it, like the 60s? Yeah, it was created around there. I mean, the, the civil rights yeah. movement, right? It's like the X-Men for like the dark era. Like it's it's not this altruistic man who wants to help out these children who kind of go through life and have a hard time. These gifted children. Exactly. It's it's this dude who just wants to get these children for some gain or for some fame or notoriety and that 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 was like the first thing that struck me, and I was just like, "Oh, this is like." Yeah. It's not a benevolent action that he's taking on. It's yeah. like he's just curious, and he wants to kind of like engineer them into these like heroes or into yeah. these like. 
He wants to commodify them. He mm-hmm. wants to commodify their talents. Yeah, that's the perfect way of putting it. Instead of like raising them to be good children, we're we're given the sense right away that like this is not going to be a healthy relationship. It's more transactional. Mm-hmm. So much so that in in the like in in the the body or like the middle of the show, they talk about how he just only saw them as numbers. He didn't even see them as children, and that their quote unquote mom gave them names Mm -hmm. because he had only seen them as numbers yeah and i think i mean yeah it's like the deconstruction or like the darker version of professor charles or professor x yeah um like what does that like what does being gifted in like a cold environment like what kind of people does that produce yeah and what kind of hero does that produce in society yeah and i think that it's, it's good i'm glad you brought up hero because i think that this show also falls in line with another very famous comic that deconstructs superheroes that like just because they are seen as superheroes doesn't mean that they're all like benevolent like just because superman is like the most powerful person in the world doesn't mean that he doesn't do shitty things sometimes which the comic would have us believe at least in the golden age of comics that he's like the most perfect person Mm -hmm. of all time i think this one shows that like a lot of these heroes have a lot of baggage and trauma and how do we know that that kind of stuff doesn't bubble up when they're out on patrol or yeah. things like that? I mean, the what's his name? Diego? What number is he? Number two. He goes into a house and well, there's like a, a robbery going on. Yeah, like a hostage and robbery situation. His talent is he can throw knives or he's like a marksman. He is kind of like Rorschach, almost exactly or like a dark Robin. Mm-hmm. It seems like he has like a very keen sense of like justice but it's a like, hero complex but it's a dark sense of justice it's like, like a cynical hero complex he does things because he has to not because he necessarily wants to and i think that's that's rorschach to a t but at the same time like he seems to be the only one who's like making an effort to use his powers for good mm-hmm. but he's reluctant about it which i think is interesting he's brooding yeah like it's it's a it's not that he he did he hasn't built up like a cult of personality or like in like, I'm a hero. Look at me. Yeah. I'm doing really heroic things. It's like more like a Batman. Yeah, but it's of. like Batman from the '80s. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, as most people know, like the Batman that we know now, that is very much a product of the '80s when he was revamped and to like this brooding, quote unquote, the Dark Knight. That was like Frank Miller all the way. Mm-hmm. And I think Gerard Way was very much a student of those kinds of superhero portrayals, where like not everything was super campy. It was like the late 80s and the 90s where like there was a huge pivot from just being like hokey heroes in like the 70s. He was on the tail end of the 80s. So I think, yeah, I think this follows in line with like deconstructing the superhero narrative. I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily like just a superhero thing, but kind of like seeing what's behind or like underneath emotionally or psychologically these like maybe groups it's, you know it's what i mean it's a difference between a superhero and a vigilante yeah and i think diego is an example of a vigilante yeah it also reminded me of the league of extraordinary men a little bit the movie no well just the movie like or the just like what it is it's just like a group of people like oh, okay. coming together mm-hmm. except this one's more like x-men i would say yeah i think this you brought up a point that i thought was good Heroes as celebrities. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Well, what did you want to say about that? Well, you brought up super. So if we're still on the Watchmen thing, mm-hmm. and like heroes as celebrities, you brought that up. You thought that was a good point that you saw. So you, you want to elaborate or break that down a little bit? Well, I mean, so throughout the like the Umbrella Academy becomes these like this group of seven children saving the day. Six. Oh, yeah, sorry. Six children saving the day, and like they're on the cover. In, in the show, we see in the episode we see them on the cover of magazines and like tween tween heartthrobs of the Umbrella Academy. So there is a sense of like this this cult of celebrity that's that's being cult of celebrity. Is that what it's called? I think that's right. Yeah, cult yeah. of celebrity. Um, that's been established with them. Like they're in this, they're in the limelight, and they're also fighting crime. And, like, people are cheering for them. They're asking for their autographs. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? I think this show is going to try to explore, like, how that fame affects affects children, like, gifted children, yeah. right? I think so, too. I think, well, I, the show is very much, like, in the meta camp where, like, their adventures have been immortalizing comics. Kind of like how Spider-Verse recently did mm-hmm. it, where Peter Parker or Spider-Man was... Um, his stories were told about in comic books. Same thing with uh, Wolverine, the the last one. Mm-hmm. Logan, that one did the same thing. I think that's starting to kind of become a theme now where like heroes are like the commodification of heroes. We're moving past the golden age. Exactly, yes. And I think this show, I mean, there's one character specifically. I forget what number she is. The one who's like actually a celebrity. Allison? Yeah, Allison. Her name is Allison. She... So when we're introduced to her, she's like walking the red carpet and people are taking pictures of her and like they're asking her what she's wearing. And then she gets the news of her father passing and then they ask, oh, or what are you going to wear to like, who are you going to wear yeah. to your father's Are you going to wear Valen- Valentino to yeah. the funeral? And she's one of those, like if we were to make a scale of like super broken heroes and like the ones who take it, like the untouchable ones, like the ones that have created like this myth around them. She's definitely one of those who's like, she really takes it to heart that she's on a different level mm-hmm. she's like she should be celebrated she thinks I, I, this is speculation that she should be celebrated for her greatness i would say mm. i see i didn't say that i, I wouldn't <laughs> say that i think i didn't get that maybe it's just because i read a little bit of the mm-hmm. comics i don't know i feel like all of these all of these people like mm-hmm. all of the all of the umbrella academy kids Character. are trying characters are trying to move past the Umbrella Academy are trying to make a name for themselves hmm. beyond the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. So for Allison, I feel like she's, it felt like she was standing on her own. And then they're like, oh, Allison this, Allison that. She was no, no, no longer a number. She was just Allison. Hmm. And so it seemed like she was just a celebrity. I don't know what kind of celebrity. Maybe she's an actress or singer. It doesn't matter. Hmm. But she's like trying, she's like standing on her own and like in the limelight on her own. Not she- because of not because of the Umbrella Academy. See, because to me, the person that stood on their own because they had to was Vanya. Because she was not special. She was not gifted in the way that her other siblings were. So she had to literally develop a talent. It's like, I mean, this is a bad example, but like when you're not good looking or you're not like, you didn't win the genetic lottery, you have to develop a talent. And I think it's the same thing. Like she didn't, she didn't win the genetic lottery so she had to be gifted by like playing the violin mm-hmm. or like being a, an accomplished author. I think she's on the complete opposite scale. I think that 
Allison kind of revels in it, revels in it a little bit. We don't know what she's a celebrity for, but I was just, I, I thought that she was a celebrity based on her past, like from being a superhero or from being, you know, from her heroic escapades as a kid or like it, it kind of seemed like she went from like a child actress to like a superstar mm-hmm. and she seems to be the one that's like super reveling it versus like someone like diego who like wants nothing to do with it mm-hmm. like he works in the shadows he doesn't even like stick around for the the cops to get there he he just kind of like solves the day or he he you know he beats up the the the, the robbers and he just leaves mm-hmm and then even someone like uh, the buff dude, what's his name? Luther. He kind of. This might be a this might be a little too much, but he reminds me of someone like George Washington or like Cincinnati, who like did his time and like he helped out how he could, and now he's just kind of living a time and and being reclusive and having nothing to do with mm-hmm. his past. Mm-hmm. But now he's called back to action, so he goes back. He like yeah. shaves his beard and like he goes back to see his family. So I think that everyone is on a different level and then there's the other kid klaus he's from misfits misfits yeah and he's just kind of like a drug addict so yeah. he's like on the lowest end of the scale so i think that it, it presents like this kaleidoscopic or like this large scale of like what superhero dumb has done for them but also mm-hmm. like bad parenting how it affected them yeah what i also like about the episode is or and I think how, like, the direction of the show is going to go, like, what the direction of the show looks like it's going in, is that this is a show about superpowered beings, mm-hmm. but their superpowers are not at the forefront. Yeah. Like, we barely see them actually use their superpowers. Yeah. Like, very small glimpses. It seems like a treat when you watch it. It doesn't seem like... Because when I watched it, I didn't think it was going to be, like, a superhero show. But when we watched it, like those scenes really stand out. Like when you see them use their superhuman abilities, like it's it did seem like it was like a special moment. Mm-hmm. Like it it wasn't too much. Like when I watched Titans, it was like you already knew that they were special, or like because they're IP, but they also like looked a certain way. But these people, like they look okay, they look they present normal, but. They have like these these superhuman abilities that they use on occasion, mm-hmm. and I felt like the show really wanted us to like focus on that. Focus on the characters. Like not there was on like a lot of money and like special effects invested in it. What well, I think we're talking about two 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 different things. Money and special effects. Yeah, because I think that they really want like there's not much action in this first episode, mm-hmm. but what was in it was really good. It Was really good. Yeah, yeah, like it didn't feel cheap. I think we both we can both agree. That we think this is a very well thought out show. Yeah. The and choreography, everything yes. is really good. So that's what it looks like on yeah. screen. Um, So I think one of the things that we you brought up was family baggage. And how, I mean, we already talked about a little bit how like bad parenting affected them all in different ways. Some of them kind of like love their father, like Luther. He was, he seems to be kind of like... Well, he seems to be like the golden boy. Yeah. Like and then, the leader. He's number one, right? But someone like Vanya seems to be kind of indifferent mm-hmm. because she was treated as an outsider. Mm-hmm. And then like Klaus obviously doesn't give a shit because he's, he's like a recovering drug addict. Mm-hmm. And then... Recovering? He's a drug addict. He's an addict. That's his personality. But I mean... 
I, but like, like you know, relapsing is part of recovery. But saying recovering means that like yeah, okay. he's trying to, he's trying to change. Just giving him too much credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like a drug addict, and his power is he can speak to the dead mm-hmm. or he, like seances. yeah. Also, all of all of these characters because they're like they're heroes. They have they have their like alter egos. They have their names. Yeah. I think he Klaus is the seance. Okay. Allison is the the rumor. Yeah, because her power is she can she can alter reality when she lies. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just she can influence people. Well, I mean, by rumors. Yeah. Okay. That's not altering. Yeah, she's not like Scarlet Witch, right? Well, I mean, she said like I heard that you were that you shot your. So she's like like Code Geass. Have you seen Code Geass? Like she can know. make people like preacher. She can make people do things. Through speech, yeah, yeah. She she can make she can alter reality through lying, like through whatever she says. Like but if she, she lies, but she can't be she can like make it real. She can't be like I heard that gravity doesn't exist, and then gravity doesn't. Exist. I mean, I don't know the extent. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with Scarlet Witch, where like she she became like 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 overpowered, right? Like they had too much. they had established her powers, and then they were just like, well, why can't we push that further? So they just like pushed it to the end. But anyway, yeah, so then there's Diego, who's a marksman. Yeah, like, he's... he's like bullseye almost. He yeah, never misses. I don't know his name. I forgot his name. Is it Knives? No. Knives Chow from Scott Pilgrim. Um, and I think Luther is Space Boy. Oh, and then there's the kid who disappears. Mm-hmm. What's his name? He's number eight? No, what number is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's I think only he's seven. number six. Okay. Right? Yeah. Or number four. I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So each one of these kids has been affected by how shitty their dad was, and how like there wasn't a real relationship between them or amongst them. It was just kind of like, you guys are superheroes. I want that fame. In some ways, I don't. This maybe this is too much, but like, <laughs> it's like the Jackson family. Yeah. Like it seems like. Or or even like modern day like pop stars, yeah. Like or and boy, like boy boy groups and girl groups. Like, even like, like Beyonce, like, like yeah, her like dad banded was together. Notorious. Um, or child actors too. You know, like yeah. Like, is this a scathing critique of the entertainment industry? I think so. I think I think it can be. I think it's like exploiting children for personal gain, mm-hmm. which is why I say it's transactional. Like he very obviously wanted something. And he's someone who has money, and it's not that, like, he wants to develop them and to become, like, good people. He just wants them for their, like, extraordinary abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think that scarred every single one of them, some of them more than others. I think Vanya is probably the most scarred. Mm-hmm. Like, she's legit depressed. Yeah. But... Vanya's Ellen Page's character. Yeah. She had to, like, develop her own talent because we... So we well, see... Well, you're assuming this, though. You don't think so? You don't think that she had to develop her own talent because she didn't have, like, she wasn't gifted with something? Well, I mean, it could be read that she's gifted with playing the violin. Really? No. Wait, so do you know if she has a gift? I do know. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, just based on the first episode, it seems like she was excluded from that, even though she was one of, like, the special children. Do we see a bank robbery going on and then the children kind of stop it? And then the man comes out. What's his name? 
Ben. Ben? I mean, the. Not the dad? Ben. Benjamin? No. I forgot. <clears throat> Doesn't matter. The dad comes out. Our grieves. Yeah. The dad comes out and kind of like takes credit. And he's just like, yeah, these, I, I did this. Me and my children did this. But when it was happening, Vanya, or number seven, was like, hey, can I go? She says, can I go down there and play with them? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, you can't because you're not special, yeah. basically. It's very cold, very curt. Yeah. And like more than once, she's told in the show that she's like an ordinary person. Yeah. So she's different. So she's she's different among the diff- like them. The, yeah. Even though she's the most normal yeah she's definitely like person yeah she's she's like a bystander almost or like just a pedestrian but i think that for her it scarred her because she was excluded so much i think in some way she was biting like she wrote so she writes a tell-all book about their experiences and their adventures Mm -hmm. and it was a little too truthful and like they didn't like it Mm mm-hmm so that she's kind of like the black sheep. But, I mean, she's the black sheep because she didn't have any powers. But she's also the black sheep because she exposed, like, family secrets. Yeah. I do think that she had to, like, develop her own talents because she didn't have... We also don't know why she decided to write the book. But I think it, it's implied that... She did it without anybody yeah, else's consent. I think so. I think... Well, yeah. it's. I mean, it's very obvious that, like, they don't have a good relationship because mm-hmm. she just ends up leaving before anything is decided but yeah i think that that's that's an interesting take on even x-men professor x is not a parent but he's like grooming these children at a young age to be superheroes Mm -hmm. i mean in some ways maybe this is too far again he could be seen as a warlord he could be like training these children weapons of mass destruction yeah how do we how do we know that he's developing them to be good citizens how do we know that superman isn't just going to use his powers to destroy the world Mm -hmm. which is like an age-old question at this point so yeah i think that's one of the things that really stuck out to me uh i think i just always also wanted to mention just like the idea of this family Mm -hmm. the hargreaves like their dad right like even though he didn't have like a paternal bone like a parental bone in his body he did have like the foresight to assign somebody to be a maternal figure for them, mm. to take care of them. Yeah. You know, so it's not like they grew up in a completely cold environment. It's just... But know, I think I think he did that not because he cares about these children, but because it's, it's like very cold and scientific. Like, in order for them to function, I need them to be normal. And in order for them to be normal, they need to have parental support. Mm-hmm. So I'm creating this. It seems like artificial parenting instead of like, I mean, it's very transactional where, like, a child is supposed to be ideally in, like, a loving home. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here, it's just, he's just kind of doing whatever he wants. Yeah. I didn't watch the other Netflix show, The Haunting of Hill House. Mm -hmm. But that show is also about siblings kind of dealing through trauma in this house that they grew up in. And I feel like this is also like this show is also about them kind of like growing up in a house, dealing with trauma and, you know, like how that shapes a person and how that shapes a family. Yeah, It's almost like a superhero soap opera. Yeah. Like, I I mean, August Osage County, which is like a a movie about this, like really 
dysfunctional family. They come together and like they just argue mm-hmm. when they get together. It's that, but just they all have kind of powers yeah, and powers. they have a path. Yeah, which I think is interesting, mm-hmm. super interesting. And like even though they might not be like close to each other, like they're still a family. They still they still talk to each other as yeah. brother and sister. Like they still see each other as 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 family. And yeah. I think that that's. That, I think that's like really powerful and it's, it's really like an interesting point of the show yeah yeah I agree and like I mean one of the one of the best and kind of like heartwarming scenes of the episode is with them like all dancing in separate rooms showing that like they still have like they're they're, they're still, still human or like they still you know like they all have a connection to that song mm-hmm. which is that was like a really great scene yeah it's just like all of them so Luther they had already argued and then they all kind of like go there to their separate rooms and he plays this song and like little by little like the dance starts to come out and then they all start dancing and then it was like this really great shot of like a house cut in half so you can see all the way all the rooms in one shot and they're all dancing yeah and they're all alone in their own respective rooms but they're still like dancing to the same song and they're still like together in that moment and i think that kind of separates this show from like the super dark stuff like Yes, superheroes can be really dark, but there's always, like, some light in there. Like, I don't think that it's all... I don't think that we have to have, like, these two... I don't I don't want to say polarities, but, like, these two opposites of, like, it has to be super light and fun or it has to be super dark. I think you can have both. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, like, one of those moments of, like, this was, like, a really genuine moment that they shared, even though they didn't share it together. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I want to talk about was the post-Cold War imagery. It's not much. It's kind of like the, the 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 scene that kicks off the setting, which is it's Russia in 1989, which mm, a lot of people know that that's the end of the Cold War. That's the end of the Soviet Union. And the birth of these babies kind of like marks a change in humanity, but also the world. And I think that's, they're trying to say something with that. But I also think it might just be kind of something that was like a big marker for Gerard Way. Like that was like a world change when 1989 came. And I think that in some ways, this is kind of like a new version of Watchmen because Watchmen takes place in the 80s for the most part. It takes place in the 50s, which is like the golden age. But this takes place, is it current day? I think so. So I mean, this if is supposed it was to be nine, and it's like thirty years later. Yeah. So. So it's supposed to be like current day, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's interesting because it's like now it's a current Watchmen or like how these people are not like super gritty superheroes, but they're like these people with a hard past, and now we're seeing them in the current day. Mm-hmm. And I also think that like the set design plays into that like retro futuristic or that. The retro present. Yeah, like, or even just, like, the idea of, like... I mean, we talked about, like, the golden age, right? Like, the golden age of comics. And even how... And we've talked about, like, golden age in the past. And how, like, a lot of people think of the 80s as, like... Like, a really shiny, neon-colored, yeah. like... Coked-up yeah. dream. Right? But that's not the reality. And we're moving past the golden age. We're moving past this, like, peaceful coexistence... Yeah we're now moving on to like and really starting to examine the trauma 
that people had to go through yeah. during that time and like are still going through now yeah. either globally or personally like just within your family yeah i think what what i like that i think i like that the fact that it was set at the end of the 80s because it marks that like when these when they were kids and like they were being heroic this was probably in the late 90s so it was like the height of like a lot of kind of like vapid culture like um like tabloids and like people magazine like even your beat yeah so it's like that kind of stuff and i think that that's the kind of things that i kind of grew up with in my childhood the rise of the disney channel star exactly so i mean yeah it's kind of like the the childhood star that's like growing up now actually fun fact so there's one character that comes back Uh from the future to the past right teleport i forgot his name yeah um Fun fact, he is a Disney Channel celebrity. Channel, oh. Like a child actor. Really? Yeah. He came out in... He was one of the best parts of the show. Nikki, Ricky, and something. He played like a quadruplet in oh, a wow. Disney Channel show. That's cool. Yeah. He was one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He reminds me... You know, so, he's this kid who can teleport, but he can also... It's So, I like when people, when shows break down... The specifics of superhero powers because like you can think about a superhero power but you don't think about like the nitty-gritty so like he can teleport sure but like if you think about what teleportation means in terms of like spatial travel and also like temporal travel he also can manipulate that so he travels into the future and he sees like this doomsday armageddon type situation mm-hmm. and he comes back and now he's like this hardened adult Who's basically like what do they say? He's fifty eight. Yeah, he gets stuck. Like he gets stuck yeah. in the future. That's the kind of shit that like you makes love. me super excited because <laughs> he's he's coming back as someone who's a little kid, but he's like a grown man. It's like Detective Conan, or even like uh, in Fantastic Four, there was this one kid who's like basically immortal, but he was a kid right now and he has like the power of a god. He just doesn't know it yet. It's mm. Reed Richards' son. And his his older self comes back and like hangs out with him, and it's like one of the best things. But this is the same thing. It's just like he's kind of indifferent about everything because he knows what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds. This is what I was trying to think of when I was watching it. It reminds me of Bran from Game of Thrones. Mm. Like he's like this. Uh, like I'm too good to like be. Worrying nothing about. matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, he was like one of the most compelling parts. For mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I think the actor was so good. Like yeah. he plays. Like I really do believe that he's like a an adult. Trapped yeah. in a like in a child's body. You really pulled it off. Yeah. yeah, I was really impressed with that part of the show. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Well, we'll let's talk that. about the stylistic <laughs> references to My Chemical Romance. No, I'm just kidding. Is it really? No, no, no. I mean, at least at least when I was reading Umbrella Academy, it really like they're so it, when they're like they don't have like superhero suits, they have like prep school uniforms, like right. Mm. And so that always reminds when I was reading it, like that's how it is in the sh- in the comics, and you know it always reminds me of My Chemical Romance, like the I'm Not Okay video, like when they were in their like. Prep I've never school. seen it. Oh, it's iconic. Do you think that like the, <laughs> uh, do you think that, the like, emo ness of the show is strong? I feel from like that? It, I feel I I feel like it's. This feels like Gerard Way. Like it feels like My Chemical. If this feels like an emo. Like an emo X-Men. kids, yeah. <laughs> okay. At least to me, I mean, I can. That's just me. I don't know about anybody else. But we have to admit that 
there was something so shallow about being emo. Like, compared to what came before it with, like, goth. Goth seemed way more hardcore. Like, they might stab you. Versus, like, emo, they might stab themselves. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Isn't like, that even darker? Like, isn't that even worse? Like, no, it just seems like... I feel like, I don't know, this is... Don't fucking quote me on this, because I don't know much about it, but... I feel like goth was mad at the world versus emo was like mad at yourself or like upset at yourself and taking it out on yourself. I always thought of like the emo movement as like, or I guess like the the scene kids are their own thing. Yeah. Like that's like hardcore music. I always thought about it as more like a, like a mixture of, or a hybrid of goth and like punk. But it's okay. So to me, it's more vapid because it was focused on an aesthetic. Like, being goth, you dress like that. I guess it's also focused on an aesthetic, but it was also an attitude. I mean, emo was an attitude, too. Like, like emo was, like, we're sad and we all want to die. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a cynicism and, like, a, a worldview. I don't know if it's cynicism. I think it's depression. Because <laughs> cynicism is, like, you see no point. It's apathy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, th- I think this is an interesting conversation. Because we're we're in the age now where we can rationalize it or yeah. like we can parse through it. But we can also see like how that's like developed, like how that has influenced like the kids now though. Yeah. Like every teenager is always going to be a moody teenager. Yeah. Like that's just what teenagers are, you know. Yeah. And- I mean, well, now it's like we're in the age of like, quote unquote, mental health. Like mm-hmm. everyone has to talk about like their mental illness and things like that. So it's not as like, I feel like well, obviously, being emo was like acting out. Of, like, no one understanding your illness versus now it's, like, everyone needs to talk about it. That's not to say that, like, you know, we've made great strides for mental illness. But I think, I mean, all right, if we're going into, like, a big conspiracy theory, (laughs) since the 80s, which Deadly Class talks about, and Reagan defunded a lot of mental illness and, like, uh, like, uh, institutionalization of people, what followed after that is, like, the 90s, which is goth. And then we'll fall after that is the 2000s. Well, the 90s was grunge. Yeah, but like grunge, grunge and like that kind of. Like the... Yeah. Okay. Sure. Goth was like the subculture. Okay. Sure. I, I give you that. And then in the 2000s, it was like emo ness, but now it's like we're trying to get at the root of like the actual issue, and like make strides to get people to understand that. Mm-hmm. But like, you still find kids. I mean, like I worked at the middle school I worked at, and you have younger sisters. Like yeah. kids are really mean and they say things like go kill yourself you know like stab yourself or something you know like i feel like i didn't actually ever say that as a teenager really yeah i didn't tell somebody to go kill i never told someone to kill themselves but but i mean i guess no i I never said that like i guess we said like like things that alluded to killing yourself right like go go jump off a bridge or something you know like but that seems like harmless like hokey (laughs) you know i feel like kids are really cutting nowadays yeah but i think that comes with like i want you to stop existing that comes with like edgelord humor yeah and i think that comes with like it's evolved from like like emo kids too sad sad kids i think so too but i also think that it's like it's a crutch like using memes as a way to cope with your mental illness like saying like i want to kill myself and putting it in a meme and making it a joke yeah and i think versus like when 
you did it in emo culture, you could wear it. And when you did it in goth culture, you could wear it. But like now it's just like everyone's depressed. And the way they kind of showed it is through memes. You know what I mean? Like it's different. Yeah. I think I'm losing my thread a little bit, but <laughs> I think we, we, we got somewhere yeah, in that conversation. Sure. Um, I don't know. I I just wanted to bring up that the stylistic preferences of the show based on just at least just their like this like dark outlook of the world mm-hmm. and also like their prep school uniforms really yeah. reminds me of My Chemical Romance. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't <laughs> you can't not think about it. Yeah. And like and my heart is happy because I love My Chemical Romance. I fucking I hate My away. Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's get into the ratings. What did you, what would you give it on a scale of one to five broken TVs? I would give it a. F- I don't want to like give it a perfect score because I don't. I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect score. Wow, my <laughs> fucking god! Such Maybe an emo. like a four point three. Such an emo. Four point three. Okay, that's a good score. I think I'd go with four point five. Wow. Because I really liked the first episode, and I mean I was obviously like jazz or like <laughs> super excited to. You're talk jazz about, about Ger- a Gerard Way creation. And you hate emo kids and my chemical romance. Yeah, I really do. I, f- I fucking hated it so much. Because I was, I mean, for me, I was like, that was the baller era for hip hop, mm-hmm. which is what I listened was, to. Yeah. Which is such a, like, even more vapid than, but it was like an obsession with, like, consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I mean, we're getting, you're getting sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I would give it like a 4.5. And I, was, I really liked that. I thought that the first episode was like, super solid Mm -hmm. like compared to what we just watched in the previous episode russian doll it was like firing on all cylinders like they did not waste a minute and like they made everything compelling Mm -hmm. and i think that's what a pilot should be yeah i agree and i think it's kind of it's kind of good that like we did something that was like such an uninspired pilot to compared to like something that was a really good pilot so i hope happy about that yeah i hope the rest of the show continues this way yeah i agree and how long do you see it going for so the comics is only it's two volumes six each 12 comics which is really short yeah you think they're gonna stay in line with that or you think they're gonna build it out i hope so i don't want it to be any more this is i sound like a broken record every time (laughs) yeah every time i'm here i say i don't want it to go on for very long well they extended handmade three seasons okay three seasons yeah, I, I'm a, I'm in agreement. I I don't think it should go past it. I'm I think it might. I don't know. It depends on how many how many people react to it. But I could see it going for. I it don't hope. Me of, we you know we never talked about American Gods. Yeah. Like there's like the stylistic. That one just see, feels like suspended animation. Yeah. It feels like you're in, like, I don't know, like a weird domain that's like, like a god wasteland almost. Yeah. But I, I also like that you brought up like Guillermo del Toro. Like, yeah, he's just—he's a master, like, yeah. creator and director. He, him, I don't know. I feel like it's so weird because in Hellboy two, you get the sense of like, there's a completely different world living underneath the world you live in that you don't know about, and it's a dark world. And I feel like he does that, just as the regular world that he already presented, but then he even added another layer that even beneath that there's another world. I feel like this kind of borrows a little bit from mm-hmm. that. We're like, it is the world we understand and know, but it's kind of like told in like a new, there's another filter to it where like it feels like something we don't know about the world we currently live in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's like this extraordinary world underneath the one that we already live in. Yeah. And I think that was what was compelling about this, mm-hmm. at least the set design and production. Even the costumes are really fucking good. And there was like an, a, a monkey or like an, an ape, <laughs> yeah, a chimp. Yeah, their monkey butler. Yeah, but like the animation was really fucking good for a Netflix show. There's never really that. They don't really have the budget like that. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to finish watching it. Me too. I say three to four probably, but I hope it's three. That's it. I hope it's just one, realistically. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it, right? Yeah. We covered everything we wanted to cover. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Go rate us five stars on iTunes and delete all of My Chemical Romance from your library. I love your Gerard Way. Never stream that. Good job, Gerard Way. You fucking bitch. Peace. Okay. <laughs>